So perpetual care will be 170898 to the cemetery. And, and how much is that as contracted services? Is it all contracted services? The whole thing, the whole thing um, through the chair is contracted services. Okay. And the uh, amount that we have an outline item for contracted services, the 1500 uh, do we have a breakdown of, it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but what, what is that for? Is that the 5292? Uh, cemetery contracted service 5380. Oh, um, they there, only use that for like, for example, Concentra, um, they don't, they, what they use for contracts is other service 5292. That's for Groundmaster, $60,045 for the year. Um, Geese control is 1875 and then the rest they use for True Green and Waltham Pest. So wh wh where is that line, Mary? I'm sorry. That's um, 010. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can barely see the numbers on this. 5292. Fourth one down under ordinary yep, expenses? It says other services. 85,000? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that consists of the contracted services? Groundmaster, um, Geese Control, <laughs> um, Waltham Pest, and um, True Green. Okay, and that's for a year contract of... Uh, Trimming it's, the, yes, it's only sixty thousand for um, Groundmaster for the cemetery. Actually, they went down on it. I was going to say that seems extremely yeah, reasonable. Yeah, yeah, they went up oh. on the parks, but they went down on the cemetery. <laughs> for sixty thousand, what's what that? What information? Um, if I suppose at night. It's been a pet peeve of mine since I, I started serving on the council that we contract somebody to mow the lawn. All right, that makes me mental. Like, but I don't understand more, why we're doing it's this. More than, it's more than that. It's, it's, it's the type of mowing that you'd be doing, Councillor. You're talking a lot of trimming. Right. Around every city. That, right. But, I mean, we're, we're probably contracting close to a quarter of a million dollars for people to mow the lawn. Uh, across departments where break, we could break, hire break, five yes. employees and give them the lawn mower oh, themselves and yeah. we could control them 52 weeks a year. Well, again, yeah. I mean, if you hire the employees, you know, for all the departments, I mean, in Europe, but, you know, it's, it's labor intense and it's, it's season. Well, they're laborers though, right? Okay. <laughs> so I, it is labor intense, but they I, are laborers. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, the people at Grandmaster's employees, all I know is, I mean, you know, they do do a good job. They're very reliable. Well, no, I'm not saying that they do a bad job. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that I think that, uh, you know, based upon the accolades that you've levied upon your staff, I think that they could probably cut the grass just as well as Grandmaster's. Um, and I just, I, I see this as an investment in an outside entity where we could take that investment and put it into personnel here and we could have more boots on the ground. And I've said this year after year after year after year. Um, so much so that last two budgets ago, we were having meetings with the um, vocational director trying to establish a apprenticeship program uh, for people to learn how to become a public work employee. Um, so th this is something that really just rubs me the wrong way um, to spend, you know, an annual salary for an entity to come when we could have control and direction. I think what's it gonna 26 cuts or something like that? The, the contract? Pardon me? Okay, what was that? What's, the, what's the contract get us? 20, 26? 24, I'm pretty sure it's 24 cuts. 24 cuts, so we're spending 60 grand to have the mobile one every other week. Plus for, they do fall, big fall cleanup. All the leaves and everything um, else in the fall. All right, thank you. 
Sorry to interrupt, Council Max. Just if I could follow up. So the perpetual care, uh, does that not include contracted services also for groundwork as well? What? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Mary, the perpetual care, the 170898 does that also include groundwork? Yes, in that you would, how um, Alicia puts it in the budget, that in the sales of the lots too. I think the sale of the lots goes into the um, the payroll. Um, that money goes into the payroll, offsets the payroll, and um, perpetual care offsets the ordinary budget. Right. Point so, of information, so, point of information, last year, uh, I mean, the years before it used to offset, now it supplements. It's being added to the budget. It's not offsetting costs. So it's not like we reduce the ordinary expenses by the perpetual care. We're actually adding the perpetual adding, care right, to okay. the ordinary year voting. So, so knowing that, what's the actual dollar amount we're spending for care and uh, maintenance of our grounds at the cemetery? It's the, it's the total ordinary expenses of 196,000 plus the perpetual care number I gave you. And that's all contracted out? Yes. So we're spending about $366,000 then? Correct. Right, so it's, it's far from the 50 or 60 grand, you're right. That, that's a huge number that's being contracted out. Um, okay, thank you. Councilor Morrell. Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. I just had uh, one question about the FY22 goals. It mentions two, um, securing funds to create another lawn and securing funds to update and improve the cemetery office, garage, et cetera. Where, what areas are you looking to to secure those funds? As far as the structures are concerned, Councilor, all right, everything. I, I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the building in, in its day, the architecture, I can just imagine, it was very, very, very nice. I, uh, and quite honestly, limited <coughs> placement. It, the, you know, the entire facility, I mean, needs a complete overhaul. Sure. Oh, I just mean where, what options are you looking at? What fund options would this oh, be? Oh, like? the, fu the, the funding source? Oh, that is um, repairs and maintenance. That would be 010 491 5290. Okay. So they are included in this budget because the way it's worded in the goals, it says secure funds too. So it makes it, it's worded as if it's not mm -hmm. in this budget. So it is. Well, this is for like um, the ceiling, the floors in the office, mm -hmm. counters, mm -hmm. and you know, bathrooms. To the bathroom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And same thing for the new, the additional lawn is, is in this budget or it's not? Oh, that's not yeah. in this. That's no. Not. no, no. Okay. No, okay, that is a capital project, and I think for, um, there's a big pile of dirt up there that they're um, putting out a contract to, to dispose of it. <coughs> okay, so the lawn is a capital project, but the update to the cemetery office, et cetera, that's yeah. in this budget. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, thank you. Councilor Scott Billy. Thank you, Mr. President. Not, not to beat this issue to the ground, but again, part of my notes before Councilor, uh, Councilor Marks and Councilor uh, Knight brought this forward. Again, uh, did we do an analysis and talk about uh, hiring more uh, cemetery employees to focus on, um, you know, waste removal, uh, leaf removal, and um, just mowing and trimming? I mean, mm -hmm. there could be a division in there with what we're paying just for that. Is it something we, we, we have visited at all? Quite honestly, uh, what all I've visited was getting back funding and backfilling what I lost. 
Okay. Uh, which were, were two positions, uh, Council, which, again, we're going through the process now as yep. we speak. All right. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to get at least that back, yep. which uh, I, I thought, you know, it was going to be an uphill battle uh, to get them okay. back. And, but, you know, knock on wood. So, so again, I, I, like I said, Mr. Karens, you're, you're doing less, you're doing more with less than any department in this, this city. I mean, we're, we're adding more funds to the school department. We're figuring out different avenues, hopefully to help you with this federal aid. But I think again, um, uh, uh, if we could add this to the report, um, I'd like to see a cost analysis done with uh, hiring again, there's a trend here, hiring three more employees for the cemetery and looking at, um, and the offset not coming from the general budget or the operating budget, but looking to, um, these outsources that were, um, you know, as well as the two positions that, that, that that's that's a given in my eyes. So I, I don't, as well as the two positions, but looking into hiring three more positions in the cemetery to offset what we're giving to these outside agencies. You know, for, you know, it's it's sixty thousand dollars for a cut. Um, that's an employee. Uh, mm -hmm. I think this is like I, uh, again, this is uh, I have a unique perspective working in a municipality so i you know they're looking at three hundred thousand dollars they're putting into the budget just to, to, to just to change their uh weed whackers to electric and how daunting that is but we're looking at at mowing our lawn with scissors it looks like so i mean if we can i'd like to add that to the um to, to the uh report thank you Councilor falco Thank you, Mr. President. Um, so with regard to the cemetery, uh, did you hire any consultants for the department during fiscal year 2021? Consultants? No. No, no consultants, no. okay. Um, with regard, so Council Morrell is talking about the cemetery office. So the, what about the cemetery, you know the house, the, Steve lives there. So is that, um, does the city pro, um, provide preventive maintenance on the house and those, those type of things? I mean, is-, yeah, is, is the, Yeah, the actual house, the- uh, you know, resident is uh, the superintendent. Yes, superintendent. Okay. And, uh, you know, he, he has done work on his own, mm -hmm. as well as uh, the city has invested monies. I think the, the roof let go like two years ago. Okay. Okay. And, you know, there, there was different capital, I'll call them capital improvements that yep. you or I as a homeowner would do, right? It was done internally and the cost was picked up by the, by the city. Yeah. I just want to make sure that the city is maintaining the house. Oh, well, you know, and, oh, yeah. and making sure, I mean, making sure it's, you know, if this, as we all know, if you, if you own a home, the preventive maintenance right. is key. And exactly. I just want to make sure that, you know, that's getting, you know, it's getting maintained and, you know, that yeah. type. I mean, I know Steve's maintaining it, but I mean, some of the things that are above and beyond, like, you know, the roof, that type of stuff, I just want to make sure it's getting done when it needs to get done. So sure. that's, a lot of work got like done in 2015 when we had the big, all that snow we had. Okay. Yeah, a lot of work got done up there then because they had damage. I have another question for you. Someone uh, had asked me recently about space at the cemetery. And of course, as time goes on, we run out of space. Mm -hmm. Now, years ago, I think you could buy plots that would hold up to 10, 10 people, eight people. Mm. Now, I think the max is maybe four, six. Yes. So yeah. would you be able to elaborate on that change? And is there is why it was done? I mean, I, mean, I know that that's kind of a random question. It just came up recently, so I'm just asking. So, since we're all here, 
Right, you're talking family plot. Family plot, right, yep. That's what you're calling it, uh, uh, Councilor. Um, a, a lot of it has to do right now of uh, try, trying to uh, control, making sure there's enough there to go, you know, up space for everybody. Mm -hmm. All right, that comes in really quick because we are running out of space, unfortunately. All right, and uh, you know, there I, I, I don't have it in actual number. I, I'm sure Steve can provide it, but you know, at the trend that we're going, you know, we have you know this X amount of plots still available. Yes. Average X amount of years before all those plots are filled. All right, and. Uh, you know, it is not like we're running out of time. This time next year, we're going to have to shut the gates. We're full. <coughs> you know, you try to project ahead. You know, five, you know, ten years ahead. That at the trend we're going, and you know, we're we're moving up there. And that's why we're looking to start expanding. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I understand. I was just thinking that you know, if if the option was there yep. to to have more people buried in a particular plot that would help actually help with that issue. I mean, right. I, I would think, right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I know, yeah. uh, so someone had asked me recently and I said, you know what, I'm like, I'm not sure, but I have a budgetary and I can ask. <laughs> so, um, but I, yeah, I, so it sounds, it sounds like maybe we're not really sure why that changed or when it changed. Right. Yeah. But I it mean, sounds like it changed. Something in some I mean, I could talk to, uh, Steve about okay. and see if, you know, it was anything that the cemetery board changed, uh, you know, in the past or whatever. Right? But, you know, it's, it, of course, you know, nobody likes to talk about it. But I mean, just to give you a, just a quick snapshot, last fiscal year, mm -hmm. okay, 2019-2020, all right, we had 442 burials church. and we had 18, 84 cremations, all right? This fiscal year from July 2020, through yesterday, Friday uh, of this week, we have 410 burials and 141 cremations. So the cremations, so, you know, went up this yeah. year opposed to uh, uh, last year, and the burials went down. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, whether it's a cost uh, type thing. Now, obviously, with the cremations, you're using less, uh, you know, green space. Right, mm -hmm. uh, but of course, where we do both, you know. But so the trend, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a patent coming up or point, cost. Point of information. Or, you know. Do you think that the trend of the patent might have to do with the restrictions yeah, that the board's put on in the purchasing it, it, of graves? It, 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 it possibly could be, Councillor, but you know, throughout uh, this fiscal year, okay, you know, a lot of it we feel it was COVID related, all right, whether it be, you know, ashes or actual, uh, you know, in, in turn, uh, because the handling of the remains is done by us the hearse pulls up the door opens all right and again dpw bringing it over and setting everything up as we know all right for a grave grave site you know prayer and, and uh, so forth and you know yeah yep, no it was covid you know it, we don't know, you know, uh, and then there are others we don't know. It's just natural causes, but we we did handle COVID victims, unfortunately, uh, in in both categories. No. Thank you. Well, all right. We any more questions on the cemetery? All right, uh, Capital Vice President Knight objects with um, the uh, repairs to the World War One Memorial and. Um, the efforts that are going on up there. Can you just give us an update as to the status of that? 
as far as the uh, memorial's concerned, I think with that's something that's being I and Mike. Yeah, handle with Mike. Okay, Veterans Affairs. Okay, we'll hold yeah, up him yeah, when he gets up. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, uh, Capital Cemetery, Cemetery Professional Service Audit, $500, no change. Cemetery, other expenses, $3,200, no change. Total capital expenditures, $3,700, zero change from last year. Total cemetery budget, nine, $977,959, up 15.5%. So any further questions on the cemetery? All right, moving forward, Pox. Parks, full-time salary, four, $474,377, up 16.4%. Overtime, $75,000, no change from last year. Stipends, $1,500, no change from last year. Out of grade, $1,500, no change from last year. Park long longevity, uh, $5,500, no change. Sick leave incentive, uh, $7,025, up 23%. Uh, fringe benefits employees OSHA incentive, uh, $14,000, up 14.3%. Um, park clothing, uh, clothing allowance, $8,575, up 8.9%. Uh, total personnel expenses for the cemetery is uh, $587,477, uh, up 13.7%. Questions on personnel expenses for the, for the park departments. Vice President Knight. I would assume the increase in the personnel would reflect an increase, uh, the personnel expenses would increase and uh, reflect an increase in the personnel there as well. Is that correct? Uh, uh, Mr. Vice President, can you repeat the question? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. assuming that the 16% increase in the full-time park salaries would reflect um, the addition of a new, new employee. Okay, the new employee plus are you requesting two additional new positions? And what would those be, MEO ones? Okay. Uh, well, you know, it'd be a promotional uh, counselor. I, uh, we got an MEO three and an MEO two. It's a point of information, not not new Point of information, Councilor Scapelli. Not new positions, right? These, the, the two that I just mentioned, Councilor, yes. It, the, the present one that I'm going through, I uh, filling now is an MEO one, which right. is a backfill. The, uh, so these uh, are like uh, you're saying they're right. backfield. Yes. They're not. Yeah, they're but not these new two here are newly funded, newly created. Newly funded. Okay, thank you. For, for the parks department. Good. Okay, thank you. Vice President Knight, you still you still have the floor. That's it. Good. Any further questions? Okay, moving on. Ordinary expenses, uh, part-time salary, park ranges, um, fifty-five thousand dollars, up thirty-one percent. Uh, park utilities, $4,000, no change. Park repair and maintenance, $1,500, no change. Park other services projects, $40,000, no change. Uh, professional technical services, other, uh, $163,000, up 9.4%. Uh, communication telephone, uh, $750, no change. Uh, park he heating and fuel, um, zero this year, uh, that, well, that's been moved, so it's 100% decreased. Uh, park office supplies and, and other matters, $1,000, down 33%. Uh, park materials and supplies, 25000 up 19%. Uh, park gas and oil, uh, $20,000, up 11%. Uh, park food service for the inmates, $14,000, no change. Park safety uniforms, uh, $200, uh, down 33%. 
Supplies, parks for the courts, $6,000, up 50%. Parks, conference, uh, and training, uh, $400, stay the same. Uh, park, pond, and you park, pool, pond, utilities, uh, zero this year. It's been moved over. Uh, park, park, pool, pond, materials, supplies, $1,500, no change. Park, pond, pool, contracting services, uh, $9,800, up 390%. Park, <coughs> pond, pool, telephone, uh, $1, no change. Uh, park, pool, pond, maintenance, and supply, material supplies, $300, no change. Uh, park, pool, pond, other supplies, $6,500, no, no change. <coughs> Total ordinary expenses uh, for the parks were $348,951, uh, up 11.9%. Question point of information, point point of information, of information uh, person. Um, I moved $4,000 out of utilities back to the uh, facilities department. So the utilities are gone. So the total ordinary is actually 4,000 less at 344,951, which is a 10.6% increase. Thank you. President. Uh, Vice President Knight. Um, if we could just get a breakdown of um, what contracted services are covered under uh, account number 5310, please. 5130 is oil, that's our irrigation um, 5310. contract. 5310. Pardon me? 5310. I don't know if you said 5130 or 5310. 5310, yeah. You're talking about the $163,000. That's correct. All right, boil, that's our irrigation contract. That's um, 20, about $2,200 um, per year. Groundmaster is 130, um, maybe 131000 and um, we're trying to get this, um, it's called turf tank for um, the ball fails. Mike Nesta can tell you more about it. What it does is it sits, it sits them doing all the line markings on okay. the fields and all that. So it's, it's the machine itself, plus it's run by GPS. So that's that. So we're spending $131,000 to pay an outside contractor to mow the lawn. That's it. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And um, I, I know Mr. Nestor and his, his crew's doing the best they can. But again, just this past week, the phone calls we've been getting about the ball fields. And, um, and again, I'm using my perspective as the acting director and having Pox fall into my direction. Um, we have one legitimate grass soccer field, the rest of turfs. We have two baseball diamonds uh, for the older kids. And I have um, one, two additional little league fields and one softball field and um, a multitude of uh, help. And what I'm seeing and hearing from our constituents uh, is the same old story that when I was on the Little League board, the, the field itself is minimal crew that we have. Do we have the equipment needed to do the work properly? Because that's what, you know, I, I've talked to my facilities manager myself, and I said, I asked him, who's, who's actually a former professional baseball player, I said, How, what, what can you tell me that can help my community? And he said, um, 
you know, right now I would look to see and ask if you have a proper thatching machine that, you know, we have that comes in and digs out. First thing they do, digs down four inches, takes out all the roots. Cause that's one of the biggest concerns. The biggest issues we have that these, the infield, these, these crabgrass is going through because we properly can't get to the root and it just keeps growing, which then provides a dangerous in, impact for uh, little leaguers um, and softball players that this is happening. So um, I know we're doing a great job on the, on the soccer fields, but the majority of them now are turf. So that's, that's, that's a no brainer, but you know, you're hearing the, 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 the issues with our, little league parents and our softball parents because the fields are subpar. And I've seen the pictures, I've gone out, witnessed it myself. They're not wrong. But I also talked to Mr. Nestor. I've talked to some of your crews directly, Brian. And they're out there. But it's, you know, if what's what other communities have for a piece of apparatus that takes 45 minutes, our people are doing it for hours and then having to come back the next week to do it again for hours, because if it rains, the growth comes through again, and it, it's a serious issue. So um, I, I didn't see anything here with, you know, proper equipment. I mean, are we, do we have the proper equipment? Are they down? As a we do, and if, uh, you know, the, the, we'll say the total, the three positions, the yeah. two, you know, the one that, you know, we're, we're, we're back to it now. And yep. If the other two are uh, approved, all right, uh, I'm sure we'll be looking for additional equipment because that being said, I have the additional operators. Right. I mean, you, know, you know, right now, yes, I mean, you know, I can get asked for two more tractor boats, right? right? If I only have five people, right, and I lose one guy every couple of days just on trash, right? right? I'm going to have it hot because he's in the garbage truck. Right. And I just throw that as an example. So again, you know, in a lot of cases, the investment is going to have to be with both, right? Of the uh, personnel, all right, and the tools for that personnel, depending on the needs of the job they're going to be doing, right? Now, are we talking mega bucks or whatever? No, of course not. Right. But when I, are we going to go back to the well and say they need an additional tractor mower or whatever, right? That's what I form and nest in needs. Then form and nest, I, you know, I will definitely, I, you know, put my boxing gloves on and obtain the fund. It's an infield conditioner, same thing. Right. And, and so, right, there is some equipment right. you, you, you share, but other, it is a special. So this is, this, like, again, this isn't, uh, this isn't a dissertation about blame. My point is looking at solutions. So, We've gone over the cost of other departments and what we're paying outsourcing. Okay, we see some here in uh, in parks, but there's a huge there is a huge gap here in Medford, and that's in maybe uh, you know Commissioner. I mean, uh, uh, Mr. Nestor could speak to it, but I see it, and I don't work directly with the parks, but I do see what's happening in neighbor communities and what the BCR has done to increase fees to the to the, to the renters that come into our community to offset the cost of equipment needed or staff needed. We have fields open in an antiquated rental system or system that's in place that we meet once a month. The park board's an amazing group, but they should be involved on a day-to-day -day basis. 
There should be opportunity to rent the fields on a day-to-day basis. Because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bet you a dime a dozen because they've told me themselves. Big organizations like Boston Ski and Sports and these Velocity Sports, they come in and we we raise their rates, and they've said that's fine with us. We're just going to put it back onto the uh, customer, which isn't a big deal. These are mostly, uh, you know, poor uh, council beers as friends and that, that are age group that said oh, I'll pay the extra five dollars and I just you know take one off the pup. So it's, it's fine. So that's easy. But what I'm saying is. We have gypsies, this is what we call them in the, in the field, all over our fields. They're not permitted because they don't have an opportunity permit, which they will, which they want to, but they can't. So what they do instead is hey, Tufts Park, they notice is open. Memorial Park, they notice is open. So what do they do? They just go on until, until they tell it to come off. And ultimately, like we had, our issues, our police department doesn't have the capability to go to a park, go onto our rec site, look to see who's there and go on the over out of the speaker and say, hey, you have a permit because there's no one there. You don't have that capability. So there's got to be a way, there's got to be a mechanism in place that uh, if we can, is really uh, make as part of the notes is look into um, the permitting of the fields in a more thorough, uh, more, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, where um, more accessible way, to gather funds and analyze, and analyze the rate structure for especially outside uh, entities that come into the city to offset costs that we need. I, I will tell you, the first year we did that in Somerville, at one field, we replaced all of our fencing. And you know fencing isn't cheap. Just by doing that for one season, one spring season, we offset all the new fencing at Trump High. So I've seen it firsthand. I just don't think we haven't done that yet here. I think when, listen, the renters call me in my, in my community and say, I'd like to do Metro, but I, they meet once a month. So it's difficult. And that's not saying it's a park board's fault. That's not saying it's recreation's fault. That's not saying that it's the, the city's, the, the, this department's fault. What I need to, need to know is we need to start reinvesting in this and re, revisiting this process. Because again, these are the funds that can help offset what we need. Because again, it's not right that our infields look this pathetic, Ryan. I, I don't, I'm not putting blame to any of you guys. I know, we know how hard you work. And you know what? Most of the community, when they call me, they know what, so let's put it back on us to say, George, we know Mike's only got a few people. We know machines are down. But honestly, what are you going to do as a council member to help them do that? So that's, that's our responsibility. So that's why my only avenue is today, the budget. Is to ask you guys for help because we need some we need some relief because it's that bad. I'm sure you've all seen the pictures. I mean, if you haven't, go walk on Memorial, especially those fields are just you know it's not good. So thank you, Councilor Thank you, thank you, Mr. President. Um, two questions regarding uh, I believe it was that four nine two five three one zero account for one hundred sixty three thousand. So I believe you said, I just want to make sure I have this information right. Groundmasters is 131,000, am I correct? And what's the remainder? What's the remainder uh, made up of? Oh, oh, on Boyle, um, that's our irrigation contract. That's 21,000. And then um, the turf tank, um, that's um, almost 10,000. And as far as the irrigation, is that, 
Well, par- so is that, that irrigation in particular parks, like water parks that have water, I assume? It's all the irrigation. Um, there's city, how many locations? City, um, city like. City, yeah, how many locations are there in that? That Mike Nestor Park Department, that irrigation is for the Little League fields, some soccer fields, some islands that are in the city that have them, where there's plantings, the front of City Hall. So basically all the public uh, spaces in the city that have irrigation, islands and stuff like that. Does this company, like, uh, do they basically maintain the irrigation systems and make sure they're working correctly? Monthly inspection. They just opened them this past Thursday and Friday. They do a monthly inspection. And after the monthly inspection, they send a list for needs of repairs and they come in and make the repairs. Are they in pretty good shape as far as, for the most part? They're okay, except for, you know, where cars drive over the islands and stuff like that. Yep. You know. But they're, they're all operational. Oh, they are. Okay. They're all operational. That's good. Some of the rain sensors aren't working. I noticed this morning. What are they? Some of the rain sensors to shut them off aren't working. Oh, I noticed okay. that this morning. Oh, so they're going at the same time. It's okay. getting extra water. Yeah. Okay. Good for the grass. Um, so as far as 131,000 for Groundmasters, so does that cover, what does that cover? Is that all the parks or is that certain parks or is that? That covers all the parks. They do all the laborious work and the islands in the city and well, some of the, uh, the fire stations, the police station, only South Memphis fire station. It does the front of the police station, does Governor's Ave, um, the War Memorial up next to the uh, Winthrop Street. It, they do all the weed whacking and the edge trimming, and we cut all the athletic fields, the parks department. You cut the athletic fields? Yeah, so, so they do all the passive parks, like say Royal Park and Brooks Park, they cut the whole park. Okay, so what about a park like a uh, Let's say a uh, place to park, Hickey Park. So, so those parks here, when you say you cut the athletic fields, do you cut the baseball diamond and does someone else do the outside? We cut the, yes, they do it. We do the soccer field and the baseball field. And the reason that is we have to paint the soccer fields and it's easier for them to cut them and paint them. So we, we don't paint them and then they cut them right after. Same thing with the ball fields. We groom and mock them and we plan that. So we don't groom and mock them first. And then cut the grass and et cetera, doing gotcha. what we just did. So, like something like Hickey Park and Car Park, is that yep. something that they do? Yep. Or? So, they do from the basically the back stops at Car Park mm-hmm. towards the outer perimeters in the walking paths. Okay. So, any object up there, the light poles, the electrical boxes, the fencing, um, they do all that weed whacking and all the laborious work in the top lots, stuff like that. We cut in between the path of that, is okay. what we cut. Do they use all their equipment? Yes. Okay. All their equipment, all their guys um, in each park are visited once a week. And how many parks are they total? Is it 30? 28, I believe, on their list. 28. And do we use, um, so at any point in time last year, did you use any consultants for your department during fiscal year 2021? Not to my knowledge, I don't think so. No. Yep. And, and uh, how many weeks is that for, Groundmasters? Is that, is 24 it, is to cuts? 26. 24 to 26 weeks I believe cuts? it is. It's in the budget. It's cuts. cuts. So they start roughly about end of April, and we try to stagger it out for the busy season to get us through to October. Um, the interesting part is with the fiscal budget is my season is half it's in fiscal 21, half it's in fiscal 22. So we have to purchase orders for X amount of cuts on one year and then following year it's probably another 
a little more than half cuts. Sounds good. Thank you. Yep. Senior Councilor Max. Thank you, Mr. President. And uh, I want to thank, uh, I refer to him as Mike Nesta, not Mr. Nesta. Uh, I want to thank Mike Nesta and his group, Mr. President. Uh, as was stated with the Highway Department, they do uh, tremendous work based on the number of employees they have. Uh, I, I just want to second what uh, Councilor Scott Pelley mentioned. Uh, here you have uh, someone that's been uh, actively involved in youth sports and recreation for three decades um, and uh, is employed by a surrounding community and is lending his knowledge and expertise on how things may be improved in our community if we tweak it slightly. And I hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears, Mr. President, because he brings up some very valid points about uh, creating additional revenue and uh, using that revenue back into our much needed updates and, and repairs of our parks. Um, Mr. President, I have to say that uh, we all voted for it and it was pushed by the administration. Uh, the tot lot, the water tot lot at Harris Park, it's like Canopy Lake now. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't get a parking spot around the area. I believe they're busing them in from other cities. Uh, really, it's, it's, it's amazing what's going on in that particular area. But uh, really, it's, it's such a great addition. Some of the neighbors may not believe so uh, in that general area, but uh, it's such a great addition to our parks and something that we've spoken about for many years uh, to offer in the community. So I want to thank the administration uh, that moved forward with the park and this council that actually voted on the, uh, the funding as well as the Office of Community Development. Um, Mr. President, uh, I believe it falls under the parks. Um, dog parks, Mike, are you also responsible for the dog park? So, uh, Mr. President, um, you know, back some several years ago, an initiative from uh, residents to create our first ever dog park was successful. And the uh, committee found private funding to create a small, large dog park behind uh, the McGlynn Andrews School on uh, River Bend back there. And um, we are seeing right now some maintenance being done to the park. But as part of that commitment, Mr. President, that was made through the Stanton Foundation, uh, which I believe was $250,000 or $300,000 uh, at the time, Mr. President, was that we were gonna look at expanding uh, the number of dog parks we have. It was great to have this pilot that started off. I believe it's been successful in talking to residents. Uh, every so often when I ride my bike, I traverse back there and the pocket seems to be always utilized. Uh, residents take care of it. Uh, DPW and our uh, parks uh, take care of it. Mike and his group does a great job, but there's definitely a need to expand within our community. Uh, this location is great. Uh, there's ample parking and so forth but it's not really centralized and it would be great to have uh, somewhat of a smaller dog park in each and every section of the community. There's tens of thousands of dogs in this community. I believe in the city clerk's on, we license probably about 250 dogs a year through his office. But I could tell you that exists on one street in our community. And I could tell you firsthand because I know all the dogs in my, in my, uh, my neighborhood, you know them by first name. Um, and, and, you know, we have thousands of dogs. It's a great place uh, for residents to meet each other. It's a great place for animals to exercise and socialize, Mr. President. 
And I would hope uh, under this administration, and it wasn't a great cost, to be quite honest with you. Now that we rolled one out, saw what maybe improvements need to be had, uh, you know, maybe some more money's available with the Stanton Foundation, which only funds dog activities, animal activities, there may be more funding. And I would uh, strongly ask and make it part of the committee report that the city administration look at expanding the number of dog parks within our community, Mr. President, because there's a need, there's a demand, and uh, I think it will create for a better situation right now because many dogs are being introduced into our parks uh, that uh, you know maybe uh, conflict with people that want to be using the parks and feel the dogs shouldn't be there and so forth. And uh, I think, as we mentioned, there's 28 parks in this community and a number of passive parks. There's no reason why we can't create a number of these small dog parks uh, around the community, Mr. President, um, to make us really a dog-friendly community. So I want to put that in the form of a motion, Mr. President, that the city administration look at uh, creating uh, with some funding, maybe even the federal funding, if stimulus can be used for pets as well. I think that'd be a worthy um, uh, uh, cause, Mr. President. So thank I'd like you. to put that in the form of a motion. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for thank your you. leadership on the dog parts. You've been uh, up front on that from uh, day one. Right. right, don't go away. Uh, I just uh, I just got well, two questions for you. Uh, first question I ask every year, uh, the lights of Memorial, have we figured out how to shut them off yet? We know how to shut them off. I know. What do we, what what do new we technology? Not yeah. yet. It's actually DCR owned land. And, you know, like Council Scott Kelly was just saying about how what he has in Somerville, one soccer field, two baseball fields. We have 15 baseball diamonds. I would love two baseball fields. But, no, but they're not all lit. <laughs> they're not no, all lit. what I was just saying about weeds and fields and everything. No, I'm, I'm but the, the, the lights, lights. no, we've we're, we're been working with Alicia Hunt on technology and trying to um, upgraded to LED in the same thing with Columbus Park. Um, trying to get the DCR from Memorial Park, even just the dugouts this year, has been a little bit to work on. But no, to get them off on weather sensors and technology, no, they have not been upgraded. Same as Tusk Park. So that park and Tusk Park uh, are pretty bad. Okay. And my, my last question is, um, I get calls all the time from uh, people at Brooks Park. Uh, the park is neglected. It, uh, a lot of dogs are down there, a lot of waste are down there, people just dumping the barrels. Uh, can we get more services down the Brooks Park off of Main Street? Yeah, tell them to take the dogs to the dog park. I don't know, we tell them that, but, you know. Uh, That's the first they, I hear they, counsel, they, but yes. They complain about, the, about it not being mowed and, uh, and upkept, so we can give, give that a little more and attention. Uh, we appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, so moving on. Mr. President, just if I could. Yes. Because not, not all the times you have to actually build something out. There are other surrounding communities that uh, turn their parks between certain hours. For instance, maybe 6 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. in the morning, it's turned into a dog park. So you're out, able to bring your dog down there and have them run around. Or at the, late in the evening, Mr. President, maybe after all, you know, 7 to 9 or 6 to 8. So there are other ways of introducing this that can make it work for everyone. You know, because I think people should have the ability to take their dogs into a park. And also people that don't have dogs should have the ability to know that they don't have to be in fear of maybe having a dog run around them. So there are uh, ways we can work this that will work out for everyone in the community. So I just want to put that Thank out you. there. All right. Uh, moving on to forestry. 
uh, forestry, personal expenses, forestry uh, salary, $270,638, up 5%. Forestry, part-time salary, $2,000, no change. Forestry overtime, $65,000, up 20.4%. Uh, forestry longevity, $2,200, zero change. Uh, forestry, sick time leave incentive, uh, $2,250 down, 19.6%. Forestry, fringe benefits, $12,000, no change. Uh, fringe benefits and OSHA incentives, um, $6,000 down, 14.3%. Forestry, clothing allowance, uh, $4,500, no change. Uh, total uh, personal expenses for the forestry department is $353,788, up 6.8%. Questions on the forestry departments? President. Senior Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, I know we have Aggie here uh, today, or maybe someone else can answer it. Where, uh, this is personnel expenses, but uh, where, where in your budget uh, does it talk about uh, the uh, replanting of new trees? Planting of new trees is um, 5380, 495, 5380. Is that under ordinary expenses, Mary? Yes. Yeah, uh, 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 Council Marks, if we wait till the next section for that? I'd be more than happy okay. to, Mr. Thank President. You. As the any, any more questions on the personnel expenses? Uh, Council Morrell. Thank you, Mr. President. I just was looking at last year's budget and the FY21 goal was to add um, increased staff by three. Um, that didn't happen. Is that still like a long-term goal? I, I noticed it's not in this budget. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we requested two counselors. I re we requested uh, uh, an MEO, uh, 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 P PW, two PW10 tree clients requested in this year's budget. Okay. So two additional? Two additional. Okay. That way I could put out two trucks every day. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> Any further questions on personal expenses? Arborist, Mr. President. Who's our arborist? Vice President Knight. Are uh, we required to have an arborist under law and does the city of Midford have an arborist? I had a, feel, I had a feeling this one was coming. It's been a topic of ongoing conversation that we've been having internally. With the existing arborist, we are not required under the shade, the shade tree statute to have an arborist on site. We're not required to we have are, an arborist. We're not required. Um, and and what as, statute is that? Just uh, that's the shade tree law. Um, I can I can get you the exact citation and defer, defer to the law department to grab it. Um, in the conversation that we had just yesterday, uh, as the arborist contract, which is an ordinary expenses, kind of comes up and it's a start, we're we're going to reevaluate whether that is better brought inside. It's a one to one. Uh, transfer over from you know, from that individual to better serve the needs of the department, the needs of the division and the, and the DPW general. Uh, so that is, it wasn't quite ready to be included in the budget because of the existing conversations that were happening. But it's what would that position be? Done. Would that be an arborist position, or would that be another boots on the ground position? It would be not required to have position. one. Why are we going to have one? Yeah, we want to have one. We want it we to want be a boots one. on the ground position. If they, if they're also an arborist, awesome. That's great. Having the but having our cake and eating two in that position is exactly what we're looking to do. The job description is under development right now to include both the working aspect of it, tree climb, like have elements of being a tree climber, boots on the ground, as well as having the skill set of the arborist that's currently contracted. Is there a CAF for an arborist currently? There is not. 
most likely classify that within the existing PWCAF, but add uh, an additional duty assigned. Good. And are you going to um, offer any professional development or professional training to our existing members in the um, division so that maybe they can have the opportunity to train for um, to become the average? If it's sought out, we will. Professional development is always something we look to provide. So if it's sought out and we're able to provide it, we will absolutely do so. And is your uh, intention to make this position a management position or would this be a position that would be part of the collective bargaining? Uh, that would be a matter of collective bargaining, but if it was classified as within the existing PW structure, then it would most likely be a bargainable position. Thank you. Okay, any further discussion? All right, moving on to ordinary expenses. Oh, I'm sorry, Council Falco. Do we hire any uh, consultants for the forestry department in the past uh, fiscal year? Yeah, right now, uh, yeah, we, we do have uh, uh, rural, okay, who is a certified, uh, is, uh, you know, he uh, was a tree contractor for many years in the city mm -hmm. and then uh, he sort of sold out his business, right? Uh, we have him, uh, you know, he would take three days a week, right? And he comes in, right, and you know, goes you know, from job site to job site, you know, to inspect the condition of the trees that are, re are reported, uh, as well as he and the tree warden, you know, get together, I right, to discuss right, the removals and the plantings of trees, uh, you know, as, as they come up. Uh, you know, there are sometimes, uh, just say as an example, uh, uh, we had a report of uh, uh, like, a series of trees that were dying or dead that uh, Aggie had a little concern that possibly was natural gas. I think for the trees. That being said, I, Earl, make a house call, take a look at these trees, I, and you know, give me your opinion. This is what, how, what Aggie feels. So we run into things like that, um, that, that will come up, right? And, uh, you know, Earl was, he was sort of leaning that, you know, he thinks, but there were no odors of gas uh, at all uh, that were occurring. And it isn't like, I mean, you know, we had a mean break, right? And, then, you know, they'll tell you, right, gas means I do leak, right? And over time, uh, you know, we're highly suspected of that. We have other trees, right, that, and, uh, and to this day, and I talk to them all the time. As a result of the COVID, right, a lot of people are getting deliveries at home. A lot of our trees are getting damaged. I firmly believe, right, it's the additional truck traffic that are not going to leave us off of these trees uh, in the neighborhoods and everything else. A lot of times what happens is a right, truck will take a leader off, but it ends up putting a big cavity in the tree. Right? It's actually just like pulling, it's pulling the leader out rather than snapping the leader, right? Again, it's a case of Earl Aggie. Okay, is this gonna survive or uh, do we go all the way and, and drop it? So there's a lot of di diagnosis that go into the trees. Not only right, from what you can see with the, with the eye, but Earl goes up in the bucket. You know, again, depending on the situation, top down uh, with the examination. So I mean, he, that way there's no doubt. I mean, you got two people, highly qualified, Many years of experience in their own jobs. So it's like, okay, they both agree. There's no, 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's the attack. So as far so as far as all goes, is he the only consultant that's being used by forestry? Yes, he okay. yes he is. Yeah. I and you know if, if he to, to him, I mean, he's like I said, he is retired, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the present contract, I was charging $50 an hour. He's a certified officer, right? On the street today, counselor, you're probably talking 80, 90 an hour, right? For the same uh, uh, uh to come in and uh, do what he wants. Uh, so, so the city is, is getting a deal more ways than that. And where would I find uh, um his expense in the, in the budget. So, so basically, you know, how much was spent in one line, what line item in the budget would it have been that charged? Be, um, 5292. 5292? Yep. Is it the second second line yes, down? 01049552920. What uh, in ordinary expenses, Mary? Pardon me? And ordinary expenses? Yes. That's that's <coughs> 80,000. Plus I um, added <coughs> a little bit because um, all the different storms we had in the past year, we had to have um, arbitrary come in, and we spent probably about fourteen thousand dollars last year on the new tree. Okay. And as far as so is Earl um, scheduled out, is he in every day, or is he just on an as-needed basis? Or? Three, three days a week, counselor. Three days yeah, usually, day. yeah, usually Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But obviously, of course, you know, I have the option like. You know, I, you know, I don't need it tomorrow or I need it on Friday, you know. But, 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 be, yeah. but he's all, all, always available by phone. I mean, you know, something where you're going to come up. So he's working three days a week, 52 weeks a year? Yes. Yeah. Pretty much? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Moving on. Ordinary expenses. Repairs, maintenance, uh, office equipment. Uh, $10,300, no change from last year. Forestry, material supplies, uh, $80,000, no change from last year. Uh, waste collection and recycling, $20,000, no change. Um, forestry, other services, projects, $65,000, no change. Vehicle supplies, uh, $20,000, up 67.7%. Forestry maintenance supplies, uh, $4,000 down 33%. Forestry uh, conference dues and training, $1,200, no change. Total ordinary expenses for the forestry department is $200,500, up 3.1%. Questions? Uh, Senior Councilor Box. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I was wondering if Brian or maybe Aggie uh, can answer the question. Uh, we used to receive uh, an award almost on a yearly basis regarding Tree City. And what, what is the criteria for being named Tree City? Thank you, Councillor. Um, there were four requirements to earn the Tree City USA accreditation, and it's um, a certain amount of money per, per capita, which I, it's very low. It's like $3 per person. Uh, you have to have a tree warden, you have to conduct public hearings, and you have to, um, I'm sorry, that's a fourth, but those, those are three, it'll come to me. And we've, uh, we've just received notice that we have received, we've earned it for the 23rd consecutive year, which is wonderful. We, we earned it for this current year or? This, this, well, they've just awarded us for the previous year, 21, uh, 2021 as a Tree City USA for our 23rd consecutive year. 
which is an outstanding record. That, that, that is an excellent uh, accomplishment. So that, that leads uh, to my other question. Uh, in the past 15 months, how many uh, tree hearings have we had in the city of Memphis? We have not been required to have any hearings. You've not, you not been required to have any hearings. You, you've they, not were, had... they were unnecessary. Say it again. It was not necessary to hold any public tree removal hearings. So you didn't have anyone petition the city for uh, removal of a tree? Oh, well, we, we do that often, but we've resolved them. Either the trees are in are nearly dead and are dead, and they don't require a hearing in that case for removal, or in the, they're in very poor condition and cannot be saved. So those trees do not require public hearings for removal. Okay, and so you don't have any currently disputed trees that someone wants down that requested a hearing and they're still up the tree? We do. And they have not had their public hearing? Because we are working on pruning the tree and then correcting issues such as lifted sidewalks or plumbing issues. Right, right. So so I, I, I guess the one concern I have is that, uh, you know, we stopped having, in my opinion, over the last 15 months, any tree hearings. And I was given the reason why, because of the pandemic, I was given the reason that uh, potentially that we couldn't have a public hearing because it may have been, I don't know, a violation to have a hearing on Zoom, which we know the city has conducted hearings on Zoom for the past 15 months. Um, I was dealing firsthand with the resident who remains nameless that had $20,000 worth of property damage from tree roots that he was able to show and prove that directly related to a city tree in front of his home and that he was unable to get a tree hearing. And he was told the tree is still very much alive. No, that's not in dispute. What's in dispute is it's doing thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in damage to personal property. And I think at some point, the city has to step in and recognize that and address it. And I have to say my disappointment. I've always thought your office, Aggie, has done a tremendous job. I always thought you did a tremendous job. The way this one particular case was handled, I have to say it was not handled appropriately. And still to this day, this has been going on for I think close to two years, it's still not being handled appropriately. And we had the commissioner out there. We had the head of the foreman of highway out there. We had the arborist out there. Mr. President, who at the time the arborist thought the tree should come down because of the condition of the tree. Yes, it was still alive, but the condition of the tree, uh, it was in poor condition. And to this day, there has not been a public hearing on this tree. And uh, eventually, this homeowner is going to incur more cost, without a doubt. He's already 20000 into it. And that's not a pie in the sky. That's reports that were given and reports that shown that this did damage to his water pipes uh, going into his home. It, it tore up his driveway and has done $20,000 to his lawn and everything else that he was able to report. So I need to say that I find that extremely frustrating. No one wants to uh, uh, take a tree out, believe me. No one wants to remove a tree that doesn't need to be removed. This wasn't being removed because someone doesn't want to rake leaves anymore. It's when it does personal property damage, I think the city has to recognize that and step in at some point. 
And, and I, I have to say that that really has bothered me to this day. Uh, and it's still unresolved. And I would hope the city, I think you know what I'm referring to, takes a closer look at that because it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable uh, in the city. Um, my, my other uh, question is, there's 60,000 for or 65,000 for new trees. What, what did we, uh, so we expended 53,000 as of March out of the 65,000 for last fiscal year. And is it safe to say that if we had more money in that account, we could plant more trees in the community? Yes. Right. So uh, I would offer Mr. President in a form of a motion that uh, this uh, budget be increased by uh, $30,000. Mr. Gordon, you get that? From 65 to $95,000, Mr. President, and see how that goes uh, for this uh, fiscal year. If we're able to, uh, which I believe uh, we have a number of areas that uh, trees that are dying or need to be replaced, uh, trees around the high school, uh, Mr. President, in our square, I know we've done some work, but there's still a number of dead trees that have been up for a while uh, around the back of the sidewalk program. Uh, I believe that still exists, Aggie. Is that? I'm sorry. The, the, uh, the back of the curb program where we plant uh, city trees on private property. And how successful has that been? Yes, Councilor, it's called back of the sidewalk program. Back of the sidewalk, yep. So on private property with a homeowner's written permission, the city may plant on private property a, a public shade tree. And the ownership of the tree reverts to the homeowner after two years. And that's to protect the homeowner should the tree fail right. after planting. Right, so, so if we were to add to this budget, we potentially could promote this once again because when I mention it to people, I think I'm the only one in the city that knows about it, really. Um, and so I think if we promoted it, we'd have more trees in areas that otherwise we couldn't put a tree because potentially it's location, the sidewalk's not wide enough, whatever it might be, to right. power lines, right. and we can add more trees. And I think that's the intent in our community, right? which separates us from some of the other surrounding communities, that we have so many shade trees. So I, I really think that's a need, Mr. President, uh, to promote the back of the uh, sidewalk, back of the curb uh, 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 offering that the city has, and also uh, in the form of motion that we add uh, thirty thousand dollars to the uh, sixty-five thousand dollar budget to increase the number of trees that we're planting uh, in the community. Get that, Mr. Clerk. Hang on just a second. I'll read it back. I, sec I second that, by the way. Council Mark moved to increase the forage tree budget from 65000 95000 for planting of new trees and removal of dead trees or just for planting of new trees? This, uh, would be, this, this would be for the planting of new trees. Naturally, if they're dead trees, we want, we want to remove that, but not under, not under this fund. Okay, hang on. And uh, that was seconded by uh, Council Falco. You need a second. Got it. Bless you. And Aggie, if I can reiterate what Council Mark said, you know, I've got that, I have that customer, that client also, or whatever, uh, constituent, um, has the same problem. Uh, it's been an ongoing problem for a couple of years now, doing doing damage to the property. Uh, he's not too happy uh, that nothing's done, along with the guy across the street from him, uh, whose wall has been torn up because of the lifting of that. So I've got two on one street that I think you and I have talked about uh, a few times. So. 
if we if we can come up with a better solution, I'm I'm agreeing with Council Martin that yeah. they need to be. Mr. President, just if I can, my last point. Uh, also, uh, as we all know, when utilities come into our community, uh, many of which have their own arborist and their own tree service, uh, tend to uh, v out our trees. And I know Aggie knows that this has been a concern for a number of years. I don't know what policies or uh, procedures we have in place uh, to make sure at least there's a safeguard when this is happening. But uh, some of them uh, decimate when, when they come in, Mr. President, areas, whole line streets where I've been down and each tree looks like the letter B. And I think it's a disgrace, honestly, to have mature trees. Uh, I, I realize that uh, you know we have to make sure they're not getting into utilities, but there's gotta be a better way, Mr. President, than just going through and decimating all our trees in our community, especially old, established, mature trees. That may take another 30 years if they survive this type of veeing out. And I'm not sure it's in the best interest of our community, maybe in the best interest of the utility companies. And we know where that stands with the utility companies. They're only looking out for their own interest, Mr. President. So I don't know if Aggie can speak to that, but I would hope there's some safeguards in our community when they come in that we're not just giving them uh, you know, the key to our front door and saying, as long as you have an arborist, do what you have to do, but that they're, we're watching and signing off and approving of this, Mr. President. So I don't know if Aggie can speak on this. Thank you, Councillor. That's, a, that's a, a frequent question, certainly a valid question. Uh, natural grid uh, is required to stay within certain limits when pruning public shade trees. So they are allowed by law to prune a tree six feet below their wires, 10 feet to each side of each wire and 15 feet above. So this often results in the kind of results that you've described. And it is unfortunate. Um, I do believe that it's actually more beneficial to have national grid contractors be here to film trees because rather than waiting for trees to get too so mature that the limbs are large thick limbs that have to be removed that cause that disfiguration of trees. If we actually had them here more often, they would be pruning smaller diameter branches that would do less harm to the tree and do less disfigurement. So people, some cities and towns prevented the utility companies from coming in to prune anything for years. And that was a huge mistake because the, the result was more damage was done. So it is actually a benefit to have uh, the National Grid contractors, which is Aspen Tree, uh, for the big orange trucks that we're all familiar with. Um, and they work with me very closely. They tell me when they're here, I go and see them, I know the crew members. So they all stay within the limits. Great, and, and, and I appreciate that. And, and just so you know, my, my comments at the beginning weren't reflective on you. You, you. you do tremendous work. And I've always said that, you've always been very attentive. I, I just find it extremely frustrating when a resident calls and uh, President Cavallo got similar calls. That, that wasn't even the cases I was referring to. Those were other cases. But when it does personal property damage, I think those cases really need to be scrutinized. And I can't, I don't think we should just blanket approach everything and say, well, the tree is still very much alive. We understand that. But when it comes to personal property, I know there's a, a state law and everything else and you, you have to follow laws and rules and regulations. But I think there's got to be consideration when it does personal property damage that we take a, a look at this and to have something outstanding for a couple of years is, to me is unacceptable. But I just want you to know it's not reflective on you or your job. I, 
I think you do tremendous work for what you have. I know you care about our shade trees more than probably anyone else in our community, really. And maybe some of that's the reason why these other trees are having a difficult time coming down because you care so much for our tree. But I, I think we have to look at a different lens sometimes and say, well, personal property damage, I have to put other things aside because it's not right that someone should incur a $20,000 cost because of a shade tree that's in front of their home. And you know, if we could plant a smaller tree with less intrusive roots, that's doable. You know, many of our trees, the roots will grow 50, 100 yards. And some of these smaller trees, like the one in front of my home, that uh, constantly flowers, which is a pain in the neck. But that's for another day, because I'm constantly cleaning up after it. But, um, you know, th those type of trees, they don't get into the utilities. They only grow whatever it is, 20 feet. The, the root system's not extensive. And, you know, and I, and I think, we're, you know, those are the trees we're planting now. So we're not going to have the problems like we did 30, 40 years ago when we planted the old maples and every, everything else that's pushing up the sidewalks. So just so you know, it's, it's not reflective on you. It's just some of my anger when, when someone comes to me and says, how come you can't assist you on the city council? You can't even get me a public hearing. And we haven't, he told me he applied two or three times for a public hearing. Now, I don't know how true that is. I believe the gentleman on his face value, and he said he couldn't get one because of the pandemic and so forth. And, uh, but you know, th those things I think aggravate me because I wanna see city government operate in a fashion that makes sense. And to me, that doesn't make sense if we can't get a public hearing and if we can't address someone's issue when they're having damage to their home. You know, that, that, that to me really oversteps the line. But I, I just want to thank you. I Aggie, thank you. Council Falco. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Aggie, thank you for all your hard work. And I do share the same uh, uh, sentiments as my, uh, my President Carbiello and Councilor Marks. And uh, I've received numerous calls, same thing, where someone just last week um, literally the trees wreaking havoc with their plumbing. And, you know, they had to call like a rotor rooter to come out and literally, you know, do the clog. And it was basically from tree roots. And it's like the third time in a series of years that they've had to call this person to, to, to get it resolved. And it's definitely aggravating. And I do feel like there should be some sort of a, an approach that we need to take to actually resolve things like that, because it just, it's just going to happen over and over again. And I do feel like the residents really, the way things are set up now, it doesn't seem like the residents really have any type of rights with their guide to it, but it's costing them more and more money as time goes on. Um, but my, my question is uh, different from that, and that is uh, with regard to tree stumps. So, you know, during the pandemic, I started to walk just to kind of get out, get exercise, move around, and I was walking to each neighborhood, and, you know, but each neighborhood was consistent with this tree stumps. We have tree stumps everywhere throughout the city. And, you know, a lot of calls I get, and I know councils have received the same because I've seen them weekly on the uh, uh, agenda, is the removal of tree stumps. And they literally litter our city. And some have been there for years. Some have been there recently. And I know the first thing to do is take the tree down if there's an issue for safety and get rid of it. But it just seems like the tree stumps remain for year after year. Um, so I wanted to know what line item in the budget do we have to, for removal of tree stumps? Is there, is, there a, is there a line item that we can specifically no, point to? All of the tree stumps. Um, it's, it's the highway department, they go out and break out the sidewalk and the homes. So we have to repair the sidewalk. Is there a contractor that comes in and removes them? No, but Aggie's working um, on a um, funding yes. from Felicia, across the hall, on the, in the engineering of helping. Uh, 
Point of information, Mr. President. Point of information, uh, Council Lott. That, that was, and I appreciate Council Falco bringing that up. I asked that question during highway, and I was told to wait till forestry regarding tree stump removal. Well, and now I, you're saying it doesn't come under your budget. Yeah. Well, no, it, it does. Removal, I mean, removing the stump, having the stump removed, taken, write it down. And, um, Does that come under your budget? That comes under forestry here. What oh. happens when they do pull out the stump, they bring it up to the cemetery. So then we get a contractor that goes up there and removes the stump because they pile up the stump. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the way the process works is like, you know, tree comes down, all we have to take the tree. Forestry right? takes it, they flush it, right? and then, you know, move on to the next, you know, job. Right? Now, if the stump is in grass or whatever, which those are the ones you like, right? Forestry will return again at some point in grind. But a lot of them are in concrete or asphalt, right? So then that requires the highway department to go out, break them up, jackhammer, excavate everything, and then physically pull the stuff up. Sometimes it even involves all right, the curbing, take the curbing. Once they remove it, then they have to rebuild that existing section inside. So is there a line item in the budget for stump removal? Is that, there's no, there's, so there's no, there's no. Okay. So as far as the, um, so is there any plan to remove stumps? I feel, I feel like there's no plan at all. I feel like there's no plan at all. I mean, I, I've seen these stumps all over the place. I know we put in, a, I think we approved a, one, a paper at one point in time to reduce sidewalks. I don't think it was associated with stumps, but it, it does, it was associated yeah. with stumps? Yeah. Okay, so so is, but is there a plan to remove stumps? Because I've seen the stumps are all over the place. I know I get called, you know, people complaining about it all the time or concerned about it. They don't want to stump in front of the house, and I don't blame them. Um, and the thing is, they've been there for years. So, is there any plan to remove stumps? Uh, yeah, I mean, to, to Aggie and Mary's, Mary's point about working with, there's a plan in place to use CDU, CDBG funding of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Uh, but we have to draft the RFP in-house. We have to do the administrative work in-house, and that's underway now. So we're drafting the RFP as we, we speak. We'll go out to bid, and that's that will be responsible just purely for, for stump removal through CDBJ. Did we did we remove any any stumps last year with the money that we uh, we we approved yeah, for the well, sidewalk? Yeah, I, you know, forestry has removed stump on ground stumps. Right? Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I mean, you know, and, uh, Lisa in the mayor's house instrumental right he's just overwhelmed going over campus to get work audit sheets, right? And, you know, just recently, I, you know, there were 25 that were removed, I right? Now, whether or not they were ground or pulled out of the ground or whatever, uh, 25 locations, right? And I know that there's more than that, but that every tree that we take down, I, right, you know, we could end up with two or three more that have to come down and we just kind of can't, can't keep up with the workload. The two busiest departments in public works are forestry and highway in that order. I mean, forestry is just never in, never, ever in, right? I, and, you know, since they COVID with people home, I mean, the request, all right, for tree issues, it could be a low-hanging branch, it could be almost anything. It's just, it's just overwhelming. I mean, I can have the highway department just strictly focused in on agriculture. Give me the trucks, the chippers, and the all right, and nothing else. That's how much work, all right, that 
comes in for a treat-related issue. I completely understand, and I, and I appreciate the hard work. And I know, I know, highway works. I, I know all departments work hard each and every day. I never doubt that. I know everyone's doing the job, um, and, and I feel very secure in all that. Especially when you tell me that. Um, my concern is, what's the plan to remove them? I know we uh, uh, we approved the paper last year for sidewalks and stumps. So, what I want to know is uh, if we can get a report back with how many stumps, where they were located what addresses and how much money was allocated to stump removal in 2021. We can provide you that. Can I make that part of the committee report, please? Mr. Clerk, did you get that? Hang on. Uh, Hang on. I, got a, I, got a, I, got a, I got a problem here with my screen. Okay. I might, uh, Ms. President, I need to hold for a second. My computer screen just froze. Thank you. Thank you, Council President. Um, well, well, we're at a moment for applause. I, I would add there are a few conditions that are um, not just unique to Medford, but to all surrounding communities as well. The, the age of our uh, tree state is advancing. So many of our trees that were planted in the 60s and 70s uh, are coming to the end of their normal lifespan. So we're losing more trees than we ever have. And this is, this is again, it's part of climate change, part of the severe storm events that we have more yes, than we ever did, the severe drought, um, and quite honestly, lack of maintenance because we don't have the staff to perform um, maintenance on trees to help them uh, remain in better health. And uh, also the, the stump issue, I mean, that complicates the stump issue because we lose so many trees. Um, the stumps have actually increased. So we have now over 500 stumps. So a couple of years ago, um, it was less than that, but it's it's become a problem, and we're working on that on several fronts. So recently, we have been able to try to um, seek out bids for stump removal, specifically on stump removal from outside contractors. I've contacted several; only two companies have gotten back to me to express interest, and they, we're awaiting those estimates. So is that too? Is that related to the CDBG $150,000 that, that is separate? Uh, that is separate. Okay. So, I mean, but yes, with, yes, but the CDBG money is $150,000. Tim and engineering and um, folks have been working on it together to um, identify the priority stumps in particular areas covered by CDBG funds and where we can replant. If we're required to plant within, within view of yep. where a stump is removed. Sometimes we're not going to plant under low wires or near a hydrant or an intersection. So we're working together to get that moving ahead as quickly as possible. So I mean, I mean, 500 stumps. That's to me, that's a significant problem that needs to be addressed, and a plan needs to be in place to take care of it. Because I mean, like you said, if the tree stays getting older in age, that means that 500 in a year or two could be 700. And then before you know it, it's just you're spiraling. Not you, but the problem is spiraling out of control. Mike, we're not addressing. Kept freezing, and when it came back, it came like this. I got to get it back in the. I could ask you another question while we're waiting for uh, Adam's computer. So the $65,000 that uh, appropriate, uh, the appropriation for trees, how many trees does that represent, 65000 The The increase, 10 years ago or 11 years ago, each cost per tree for a delivery installation and a year warranty was $310. Yep. Which was a fantastic price, fabulous. That cost in, over ten, in 10 years has now gone to $630. Per tree. per tree. So that, of course, 
cuts down on our ability to the number of trees that we can plant. So 65,000 divided by. Okay. Yeah. So I'll say, you know, so it's reduced. We used to be at this, you know, under 100 trees now. We certainly lose more than 100 trees per year. We lose more than 100 trees a year? Yes. Which, which okay. Which, could, which also could amount to a number of significant number of stumps. Exactly. Right. So Whether that five hundred, so that five hundred could be six hundred next year, seven hundred the year after, and so on. Well, we keep plugging away, but you know we have no, it's it's been surging, so we're that we're trying to move actively um, to reduce the number as quickly as possible. Thank you. Is that Dr. Felker, if, if you could write that down and get it to the clerk, uh, he's having some technical difficulties, so uh, and get it to him at at the end of the meeting, that'd be great. I will do that. Thank okay. you. Okay. So, any more discussion on forestry? Um, a couple things, Mr. President. Um, so what I'm hearing here is um, that I think that we could really address the removal of stumps in this community procedurally versus, you know, the way we're doing things, I think it's kind of a crazy process. If we know that we're going to cut a tree down, we know that tree's going to have a stump. So why don't we send out a whole crew that can just do the job from beginning to end and just actually finish something we start, right? Um, you know, we talk about having a cross-trained DPW, so we shouldn't have to wait for highway to come and break out a sidewalk and replace the curb. Right. I mean, if it were a cross-trained DPW, then someone in forestry should be able to do that. Um, so what I'm hearing is that, you know, the way a tree comes down is forestry comes and cuts the tree down and there's a stump. Then we don't have anybody that's able to grind a stump and we don't have the equipment to grind a stump in-house. So then we got to put that out to bid and then we got to get a contract to do that. We, we do have the equipment. Presently, you have two people in forestry, all right, that handle the, the tree, all right? They don't have a heavy equipment operator, okay? They don't have a big dump truck. Right? If I have the people, okay, they can borrow the equipment from highway. I don't need the added expense of new equipment, all right? But... Well, it sounds like you do need the added expense of okay. new equipment because we're well, not getting the job done. Okay. Well, it depends on the category. It depends on the department council, all right? I and mean, presently, I, you know, I have, all right, several backhoes between water departments, cemetery, and highway. I, there's always one available, all right, if I have the bodies for, for, for forestry. But right now, all right, the decision would have to be made, all right, do I pull that stump today or do I cut this tree down today? Because, I, again, only two oh, right. that, That's an operational decision, okay. you know what I mean? I'm more right. concerned. I, and I think everybody behind this rail wants our operations to improve because right. what we're seeing is the delivery is lacking in certain areas. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, wouldn't it make sense if the forestry department were going to go out to cut a tree down they cut a tree down, they ground the stump, they jackhammered it out, they got it all out of there. Then the resurfacing crew can come in and finish it off. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? If we're going to start something, let's finish it. You know what I mean? It's like if you're going to make a cake, you know, just put it in the oven and then not put the frosting on it. Yeah. It's all over. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, I think that it's really an operational issue more so than a financing or a funding issue or even um, uh, really a personnel issue. It's really a how, we're, how we're dispatching how people to handle these types of problems in the community, number one. Um, number two, when we talked about um, a tree canopy and our public utilities, um, do they have to attain a permit in order to go and do this work around the utility lines, or are they, do they have confidence ability to just go out and cut because of the state law? They're allowed to clean around their wires. So they don't have any type of control locally to come and get permission to do this type of work, to walk off a street, to, to be up there working and cutting down public shade trees. They can just say, those are our wires, that's a public tree, so we can go there and do it if we don't have to talk to anybody. New this year, council they um, inform me daily which streets they'll be on. Yeah. So I periodically check and see what they're doing and, and follow up. But they don't have to pull any permits or. No. No. Okay. Okay. So the only thing they are required to have obviously is to be a police. Okay. Uh, you know, right. Either that or you know, they could be in with the shuttle. 
So is, is there a way for us to be able to monitor the damage that they're doing to that tree canopy and monetize that? To say, you know, look, it, you've cut down, you've trimmed around your wires in 37 neighborhoods and you've taken out, you know, 10 ton of, you know, green tree, uh, canopy shade tree that was out there. Um, we want to plant more trees, kick in. You know, you're damaging a tree canopy. We want it replaced. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we have to, re, re, you know, we first have to thoroughly research the, you know, any legality right, yeah. as far as. Because I asked okay, the question three years if, ago, if, so if, I figured we'd plan that to do that. On, if it's on the books, that they can anytime, any place, do whatever they want, then it's sort of a new point, right? Because what you're talking about, you, you are, you're right on target. It is everywhere. I have it in my house, right? I mean, yeah, everything's a V, right? And I don't know if they're, they're trained of thought or whatever. I know they got to keep things away from wires, but, you know, is really the only way you can do it is by that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's to get yeah. it done. I mean, that, that's, that's, the, that's the problem when you divest from handling things internally and going out and contracting it out, right? I mean, and we've always said that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Is, exactly. is it's a race to the bottom. I think that the legality has to be researched first as far as... Is there anything that they should be doing that they're not doing? I, as far as coming in, well, I mean, is there anything we're doing that we should be okay. that we're not doing that we should be yeah. doing to well, make sure that we can stop well, this too? I mean, yeah. I think Aggie might have the yeah. answer. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Council. Yeah, I'd be happy to answer Brian's points. Um, utility companies need to do that pruning to keep to maintain safety yeah. and uh, continuous service. So they are required to stay within those parameters that I mentioned. So yeah. we keep, I keep an eye on them. Believe me. Right. So they're. I don't believe we're allowed to collect damages because they're allowed to do that work. Yeah. So our crew also is not um, licensed or, or trained to work around high voltage wires. No, do we want them to? No. So they, we can't do anticipatory maintenance. We have, you know, they they are required to do that. Right. So. But so there's no way that we can monetize the damage that they're doing to our tree canopy because of the cop lynch state legislation. Okay. Thank you. I've only been here five hours. <laughs> no, you have nothing else to do today, right? Mr. President, I was just wondering why the leak detection program costs went down by such a large amount. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cost. Yeah. Just the okay. Cost. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah. What is it? What is it? $70,000 represent? Here is $70,000. Uh, line, second line down. 
That's um, a lot of like long vapors equipment and uh, meters. meters and all that. That's water meters. Yeah. Like is that replace, replacement water, water meters? What's it? Replacement water yeah. meters. Yeah. As they as they break. I mean, you know, we're exploring the, a new program and upgrading the whole system citywide. But That's, obviously, we have to keep what okay. we have keep them, you know, in business. So what is it? Seventy thousand dollars. Does that represent a certain number of meters? I'm just curious. I mean, is it? I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Okay. I'm so wrong. No, no, it's all right. Those are not. Okay. Too many counts. I, I completely understand it. It's a, it's a lot of data. So okay, you guys got to owe me, all right? I'm going to hear this. New hydrants. Okay. Are you sure? Positive? 20 to 25. That's 20 to 25 new hydrants? 20 to 25 water is mm -hmm. Okay. And each one costs about 28. 2800 Okay. Thank you. Hey, Thank <laughs> you. 
Thank you, Mr. President. Um, this is a question for Alicia. Is that the latest number we have for the water assessment, the 20,019? Yes, the 20,019,819, yes. So that's the latest. We don't anticipate uh, that number to jump around. Uh, that's what I, that's the latest one I have. If this changes, I will let the council know. Okay, um, and Regarding the catch basins, I know we have some experts here uh, regarding the catch basins. A any uh, idea how many uh, sunken catch basins do we have throughout the community? So that's highway. So, so what's a repair and maintenance of catch basins? Is that something that? Stormwater is highway, water and sewer. So what, what budget am I looking at? What's the count? Six two four four five zero five two five five one two five four. That's um, RJ Gabriel. That's the contractor that comes into the city. It's crazy. That's the clean. It says repair and maintenance, so they don't do any repair, then, do they? So it's just the maintenance of our catch basins. Yeah, they 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 clean them. I mean, if they come across a basin that has an issue, they bring it to the attention. Or they Steve at the end of the day when they you know provides you know the list of basins they did. They'll say, hey, look at there's a collapsed basin at this address. So, you know. Okay, okay. So that's this this just maintenance. Um, and uh, are we contracting out for the entire city? I know for a period of time. We were contracting doing the high, uh, the total city rebuilding basins. No, no, the cleaning, and then we oh, for yes, a period so of time we the claiming. Yes, yeah. So we're doing a hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh, do you know if they've been done this year or in the process of doing them this year? Yeah, doing them now. As we speak, they're doing them now as we speak. Yep. It's ongoing. Okay. And who goes to follow up on this contract? All right. Uh, it, it actually varies. Sometimes Steve has the luxury of actually having. A guy with them, I uh, you know the whole day. Other times, I uh, it's him or this. He has somebody spot check them, but I uh, the operator, I uh, mark so that way we know from year to year. We'll mark the, the basin with a certain color, whether it's green, white, red, or whatever. Just a you know just a quick X, so that way we know that the basin is clean. Right, right. They used to put a color, right? That's correct. Put a color on that. So there's a checks and a balances there. So we go have the luxury of physically having somebody with you all day long, right? At any point in time, we know where we told you to go. We just got that spot check. Right, right. And, and and again, I think we we all say this, but truly, uh, the guys in the water department, you know, whether it's on a weekend or two o'clock in the morning or whenever it is, these guys are always on call. You know, many of them I didn't recognize because all I see is their head in a hole. Right. And yeah. now I see that what their whole body looks like. And, it, you know, it's tough to uh, recognize them. But uh, these guys are truly, let me tell you, the work, the workhorse of, of uh, DPW. Um, and uh, I just want to thank them on behalf 
uh, of the community. They do a tremendous uh, work, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. I just have two quick questions. Um, just noticing the reduction in um, uh, repair and maintenance for pipes, um, hydrants, and then infrastructure pipes, is that reflective of stuff being offset by ARPA funding, or is that just a reduction in need? Oh, okay, what was the account number, Council? I, I reclassed a number of expenses out of the water and sewer budget to be considered capital items that lowered some of the lines. Okay, so those are the ones I just mentioned with the significant reductions? Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, we tend to fund those through retained earnings. Okay, thank you. Um, and then just looking at the highlights from FY21, I saw it said 220 lead services replaced. Do we know? How many lead services remain in the city, or is that something you just find out when you're doing the work? Uh, okay, we, we keep it on an ongoing, you know, total okay. uh, of it. Uh, you know, sometimes it's easy to be checked, but you have to actually physically go in the house. You right. don't break it, break it out in the street. Uh, you break it out in the street. Sometimes it's like, oh, geez, they replaced that forty years ago. Well, I wasn't here forty years ago. Right? Sometimes I uh, buy what's in their house. It could give you an indication how far out it goes, okay. but, but you know. So, but as far we have an actual number of fires that we've done. What you've done, okay, yeah. but yeah, what but remains as far just... as we know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to the Water Department. Uh, like Councilor Marks mentioned, uh, very hardworking group, especially in the winter when it's uh, pipes are breaking and it's freezing out, and uh, that's not easy. And I know that. Um, uh, that, that's, that's really tough physically on your body and whatnot. So thank you for all your hard work. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, quick question with uh, regard to repair maintenance sidewalks. Uh, there's a, let's see, fiscal year 2022, $639,275. So what does that represent? Is that? All right, well, well you, you, have, you have different types of leaks, uh, Council. You have, you know, mains, water and sewer mains. Then you also have what they call a service leak. Mm -hmm. Service leak, okay, could be like the domestic water that we are providing you or the storage you're giving us back. Yep. And, you know, where we own from back a sidewalk out to the street, yep. that's where your service line is. Usually we'll say like the, the water would be a two inch, two inch line. All right. And again, a water leak. All right. Either goes out there with the crew, they break, break out the area, expose it repair, replace, cover it up, and then bring the contractor in to put back either the concrete or the asphalt that Peter broke out to replace the service line. Okay, so, so uh, last, well, it seems uh, we get 323443.50 that was spent, I'm guessing, through February of this year. I mean, so how many sidewalks does that represent? That sounds like a... What, yeah. 639? Is that what you... Yeah. Yeah. As far as locations, I mean, we can we could provide you like service breaks as far as the aggressive is concerned. I, you know, we, we most generally, like I said, if it's in front of your home, you've had to replace the sidewalk. Yeah. Because that's where it is. I mean, we can gladly provide you, but as far as I mean, a grand total of what we've done so far this fiscal year on main breaks, you know, going down the, the, the big main itself, all right, we've done uh, 42. House calls or business calls, all right, service uh, leaks, we did 126, all right. 
uh, on uh, sewer uh, jobs, a total of uh, 34. Mm -hmm. All right, and then, uh, you know, gate repairs, that's, you know, when you see Peter or the guys out there with uh, the T in yep. the middle of the street, all right? Well, sometimes, again, over time, age and so forth, they, they give away these gate boxes. Mm -hmm. So again, then they have to go in and replace them. We did, uh, you know, a total of eight of those. And then, uh, you know, on hydrants, uh, you know, due to, uh, you know, just age and deterioration, we replaced six. Okay. All right. But as far as the uh, the leaks are concerned, as far as uh, the service lines, you know, we have that all broken down, the addresses and, and everything else. Uh, also, you know. no, that's fine. You know, it's when you look at the economy, when you look at the description of the economy, it says repair maintenance sidewalks. It makes it sound like it's strictly sidewalks, but right. it's more yeah. than, it's more than, you know, when you think about it, sewers, gate keys, all you know, all that stuff. Right. So it's, right. I, mean, I, I was just trying to get more information behind the number. It's a big number. Sure, sure. I mean, like I tell people, you know, for, you're talking in, in a layperson's term, right? You know, the average person, right? They they look straight ahead, or they look to the left or right, right? In our line of work, it's left, right, up, and down. I mean, we're, you know, because of course of what we're responsible for, and your uh, what you have underground, and it's not a Medford issue, it's just inherent of the business. I envision a bowl of pasta. That's what I tell people. Right? You have water, you have sewer, you have natural gas, you have cable. We'll throw fiber optic in to, for good measure. All right? And once you stay, it's a free for all underground. Yeah. All right? Um, and uh, again, you know. That doesn't help matters right, when you have a series of different issues like that with all of these roads being carved up. Because it's like, okay, who put that trench in? Is it Peter or was it the National Grid? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I understand. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think yeah. a lot of people usually don't think about it because it's underground, you never see it. So, but, uh, but thank you for the information. I appreciate it. It helps out tremendously. Welcome, Councilor. Thank you. Could I ask a question on a point of clarification? I know the council had asked to add some funds. Are you requesting that of the mayor? I just want to make sure you're not asking uh, to amend the budget by adding funds. Who's the question? The, the question is whether you, when you did the motion, I know that Adam's computer went down. Were you saying funds because the council is not supposed to add funds or were you saying you're requesting that the mayor add funds this is a recommendation a recommendation okay thank you for the clarification mr president just so i understand i was under the impression that if it was uh, an item that did not currently exist in the budget that we could add funds to the budget so if it's an existing line item we could make a request to have the mayor add to that line item. If it doesn't exist at all, that we could add that line item in the funding for the budget. And naturally, if the mayor doesn't approve of it, that comes back to the council and we can override uh, the mayor's uh, rejection of it. So I just want to make sure we're on the same page because we went through that. Uh, we did a whole couple weeks ago. Right. Is that not true, Alicia? That would have to be answered by uh, city solicitor Kimberly Scanlon. I thought that's how it was explained is if it's something that's not currently in the budget, if it doesn't exist, that we were able to add a line item to the budget. I, 
I referred that to, I referred that to the city solicitor, Kimberly Scanlon. Okay, well, I if guess I we have to get say, an answer. The council can add the line item, then it's up to the mayor's druthers as to whether or not she wants to fund it. And if she decides not to, we can override that. That's my understanding, but I guess we'll, we, we need to wait for uh, the city solicitor's opinion. Point of information. I do believe the caveat was that we would have to take it out of somewhere else if we were at the levy. So if we wanted to add funds somewhere, it would have to come from somewhere else. That, that may be the case, and I guess we have to wait to hear that, but yeah. Um, okay. Any other councilors have anything they'd like to add in this section of the budget? Council Falco. Uh, last question. Um, did, you hire, did the water department, department hire any consultants uh, at this school year 2021? Consultants? Yes. No. Not for water, no. Nope. Okay, thank you. Okay. Moving on to personnel expenses. Salaries, permanent, full-time, $1,233,376. It's a decrease of 5.4%. Salaries, wages, temporary, part-time, $10,000, 0% increase. Stipends for commissioners, $3,000, 0% increase. Overtime labor, $470,000, 0% increase. Stipends for staff, $15,000, 0% increase. Water out of grade, $1,000, 33.3% increase down from 1,500 last year. Fringe benefits for longevity, $19,100, down 14.8%. Fringe benefits, sick leave incentive, $4,950, down 25.6%. Fringe benefits, travel, $2,160, a 0% increase. Fringe benefits, employees OSHA initiative, I'm sorry, OSHA incentive, $31,500, up 13.5%. Fringe benefits, clothing, $16,875, up 0% from the previous fiscal year. Total personnel expenses total $1,793,461, which represents a decrease of 3.9% from the previous year. Total water and sewer expenses, $24,315,596. It's an increase of 3.4% from the previous year. Total public works, 24,315,596. It's up 3.4% from last year. Total enterprise, 24,315,596, up 3.4% from last year. Total expenditures, 24,315,596, up 3.4% from last year. Any councils have any questions concerning the personnel expenses? Councilor Falco. Mr. President, I, I have to go back to the uh, ordinary expenses really quick. And the last question asked about the consultant, mm -hmm. if you had hired any consultants at a previous meeting, and it, Mr. McGiver might be able to help us with this. I believe they said there was a water meter project that a consultant had been hired for, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's in the process now. Oh, so it has not been. So a consultant has not been hired yet. No. Okay. okay no. After you have a meeting, we had a selection committee, and now it's a case of who they recommend. Okay. We're, we're at that level. Right so now. yeah. Uh, anyway, how's it going to be paid? Is that a capital budget item, or is that a budget? Is that going to be in this year's budget? Yeah, capital. That's no, a capital yeah. plan? 
Do you know how much has been allocated? Like, I have no idea how much it cost. When we had the meeting, they weren't sure. Ron Baker wasn't yeah, they aware were. of it. Cost, just like you said, selecting who they wanted. Okay. You know, there was three. 